Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Morning, everybody out there in Columbus. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Tuesday. I hope that everybody had a great day. We've got a jammed packed show for you. I'm going to talk about the Rams bouncing back on Monday Night Football against the NFC West leading Cardinals. The new college basketball rankings are out, and we have a familiar number one team. And the Atlanta Hawks blow another fourth quarter lead. They cannot close out these games. It's starting to become frustrating. Last night, the Los Angeles Rams got a very crucial NFC West win over the Arizona Cardinals. Matthew Stafford looking amazing. Kyler Murray, who was an MVP candidate, did not do so well against a Rams defense that responded. Kyler Murray threw two interceptions, and the Rams defense was able to stop the run. James Conner only rushed for 2.4 yards a carry. Kyler Murray did get some long runs, but the Rams, led by Cooper Cup, has there been anybody... That has been more valuable than Cooper Cup on the Rams. He's been a security blanket. Odell Beckham is nice to have, but Cooper Cup is your best wide receiver, the most reliable wide receiver that the Rams have. You had Aaron Donald. I mean, this is why they're paying him all that money, three sacks. The Rams responded last night, and they are just a game back of the Arizona Cardinals for the NFC West. So it's not out of the question that the Rams could still win the NFC West. Now, Home field advantage has been lost for just a little bit by the Arizona Cardinals because the Green Bay Packers own the tiebreaker. So as of right now, the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed. And that is going to be scary because if the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed, I don't see anybody being Aaron Rodgers at home. He is on a mission to get to the Super Bowl. Arizona's had a good season so far. And Kyler Murray has acted like an MVP. But Arizona has not been here before. So that's something to look at. I'm interested to see how Arizona responds after this loss. All right, we do have the new college basketball rankings. And after Baylor beating Villanova over the weekend, the defending NCAA champions, the Baylor Bears, are 9-0. and And they are ranked number one. They will take on Oregon this Saturday. Followed by the Duke Blue Devils, who are ranked second. They did lose to Ohio State, so they dropped in the rankings as Coach K's farewell tour, Purdue dropped all the way down to number three after losing. They were ranked number one for the first time in the school's history, and they got by North Carolina State in overtime. UCLA is ranked fourth. UCLA had that incredible run last year to the Final Four. We'll see how well UCLA plays in the Pac-12, especially with Arizona nipping at their heels. Arizona's ranked eighth. Alabama jumps all the way to six. Could Alabama have a run where they win the SEC, get a high seed, and and make it to the Final Four? I know that Alabama is on a mission there. Nate Oates 
has done a great job with that program, especially after beating Gonzaga and Houston. We do have some undefeated teams left in college basketball. USC has just climbed the ladder. They're 10-0, and and they're ranked 10th in Iowa State is also 10-0. College basketball is going to be very exciting, especially when we get into conference play, because I want to see teams like Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, all beat each other up, because these games are going to be captivated. And I'm not just a fan of college basketball during March Madness, because you do have some good teams. Kentucky loses to Notre Dame. They fall all the way to 21. And Colorado State, they crack the top 25, as they are still undefeated at 10-0. and as much as I love college basketball, I've always been disappointed in the Georgia schools. They have not met their expectations. Georgia Tech, Georgia, Georgia State, although they make it to the NCAA tournament. Mercer made it in 2014 after upsetting Duke. I like to see a better showing of all the Georgia schools in the NCAA tournament, but that's just wishful thinking. So Alabama Crimson Tide, they will take on the Memphis Tigers familiar opponent because I went to a Memphis-Alabama game back in 2005 when John Calipari coached the Memphis Tigers. That was a very interesting event that I went to because that was back when Alabama basketball wasn't all that great and nobody was in the stands for the Coleman Coliseum. But I don't blame them because they were playing Auburn in the Iron Bowl that year. And I think that was Iron Bowl week. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go check that one out. But I think uh, if you look back at the Iron Bowl 2005, I just got to see where they were playing. I don't have it on the top of my head. I don't have a producer, so I don't have a producer that can look that up really quick. So I'm gonna have to eventually look it up. And then I will tell you where Alabama was playing Auburn for the Iron Bowl. All right in the association last night of. Very disappointing loss by the Atlanta Hawks. They blew a 19-point lead to the lowly Houston Rockets, who weren't even playing without their number two overall pick, Jalen Green. And Houston, led by Eric Gordon with 32 points, ran away with this game with 44 points in that fourth quarter. And the Houston Rockets beat the Atlanta Hawks 132-126. to I can't explain what is happening The Atlanta Hawks cannot close out quarters. They did this against the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night, and now they did it to the Houston Rockets. And they had no answer for Eric Gordon. When another player gets hot, they don't have that defensive stopper. DeAndre Hunter is out. He's injured. Absolutely unbelievable. Four minutes to go, the Hawks had a 119-116 lead. Five minutes to go, 117-110. And then all of a sudden, the Houston Rockets caught fire, and Eric Gordon went off. Trey Young did have 41 points, but where is the help from the rest of the team? Kevin Herter only with five points. John Collins, 14.7 rebounds. I expected a lot more out of him. Clint Capella, yeah, he did have 16 rebounds, but where is the help? If you're going to try to outscore a team, Trey Young can't just do it all by himself. Danilo Gallinari, disappointing. 12 points off the bench. Yes, they don't have Bogdan Boganovich. They don't have DeAndre Hunter. Eka Kongru, he's still out. Solomon Hill's out for the season. This Hawks team is banged up. But if this is a playoff team, they've got to win games like this. So they will take on the Orlando Magic next. Hopefully the Hawks can bounce back and they can get the victory. Well, it looks like 
ex-Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Radler has entered the transfer portal, and he will transfer to South Carolina. He will be the he will be a South Carolina Gamecock. That is going to make the SEC look interesting. I can't wait to see that. At one time, Spencer Radler was the top quarterback prospect to make it into the NFL draft, but he lost his starting quarterback job to Caleb Williams. All right, so the job that head coach Arthur Smith is doing for the Atlanta Falcons is incredible. They are 6-7. and seven. He has an opportunity to double his win total from the team last year, and the Falcons are in playoff contention. But they have a tough task this Sunday as they will travel to Santa Clara at Levi Stadium to take on the 7-6 and six San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers seem to have turned the corner after an overtime win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're starting to get their players back. They are starting to become healthy. And George Kittle has been a mismatch. One interesting note, of course I have ties to both teams, but I'm very interested to see the matchups. You got... Two of the best tight ends in the NFL, George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. And can Matt Ryan have time to throw the football? The offensive line for the 49ers has been great. Matt Ryan has not been sacked. He was not sacked once in that Carolina game. But now he's facing Nick Bosa and that D-line from the 49ers. Nick Bosa is going to be rushing on the edge with Jake Matthews, Chris Lidstrom. That's the matchup I want to see. I want to see the 49ers defensive line going up against that offensive line for the Falcons. As you remember, the last time that the Falcons were in Santa Clara, 2019, the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, one of their losses was to the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody remembers that play, Julio Jones breaking the plane and the Falcons getting the one point, and the Falcons getting the win, and that possibly saved Dan Quinn's job because the Falcons had a very impressive end of the season, and that was one of those games where Richard Sherman was out and the 49ers had no answer for Julio Jones. If Matt Ryan locks on to a favorite target, can Matt Ryan get the ball to that favorite target and exploit a mismatch? Because Emmanuel Mosley's going to be out. Can the rookie corner Ambry Thomas hold serve like he did. He struggled a little bit against Jamar Chase in that game against Cincinnati. But the matchup I also like to see is Ambry Thomas, the rookie, going up against Russell Gage. Russell Gage could have a monster game. Matt Ryan has got to take some shots down the field because I don't know if they're going to get that ground game going. I still think the Falcons have a shot. They are an eight-point underdog. The 49ers are in the driver's seat for the playoffs. If the 49ers lose this game, they're still in the driver's seat for the playoffs because they do have the tiebreaker against the Vikings and the Eagles. But the Atlanta Falcons would be in prime position to make the playoffs if they were to pull off the upset in Santa Clara. And I got all week to talk Falcons 49ers. I'm surprised that nobody has asked me to be a guest on their podcast or sports radio show in Georgia because of all the expertise that I have on the 49ers. This is what I would like to call the Kyle Shanahan game because Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, especially that Super Bowl run, and he has faced the Atlanta Falcons once. And so far, he is 0-1 against the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, these two teams used to be NFC West rivals. They were jawing back and forth in the 1980s and the 1990s. I remember Chris Miller with the Hail Mary that caused the 49ers to miss the playoffs, but the 91 Atlanta Falcons, that was a very fun team. The two legit to quit Atlanta Falcons went all the way to the divisional round and lost to the Super Bowl champion Washington football team, but they were able to beat the New Orleans Saints 
which was incredible. That was a fun team. And then these two teams have had a history. The Falcons beating the 49ers on the last day of the season in the 1995 season that denied the 49ers home field advantage. And they lose to the Packers in the first round of the playoffs. That was the year after they after the 49ers won the Super Bowl. And they were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season. So very interesting. And then, of course, 1998, the Falcons and the 49ers met in the playoffs. After the 49ers got by the Green Bay Packers, they finally got over the hump and beat the Green Bay Packers. But on the first play, the 49ers lose Garrison Hurst to an injury, and they just weren't the same team. And that magical, dirty bird, 14-2 and Atlanta Falcons that made it to the Super Bowl that year were able to get by the 49ers 20-18 to and move move on to the NFC Championship where they beat the heavily favored Minnesota Vikings in dramatic fashion in overtime and made that run to the Super Bowl. Now in the 2000s, I remember them going back and forth, but who can't forget about the 2013 NFC Championship? Atlanta up 17 to nothing and then the 49ers storm all the way back with a Frank Gore touchdown. Colin Kaepernick just looked amazing in that game. The 49ers had a great team. And the Falcons lose that game 28-24 to when Navarro Bowman stops Roddy White. Five yards short of the goal line. And the Atlanta Falcons lose that game. And then these two teams have had some regular season matchups. <coughs> to include the matchup last year. But the last time that the 49ers played the Falcons in Atlanta was 2016. Congratulations to the Columbus State men's Cougars basketball team for getting a road victory over Clafton University 91 to 81. Columbus State is now 8 and 1 on the season and they will travel up to South Carolina to take on Lander University. This will be the opener in the Peach Belt Conference. So good luck to the Cougars this season. I will be at that game at the Lumpkin Center on December 20th against Augusta University. And I'm hoping to get the play-by-play announcer, Scotty Miller, on this show. The Cougars having a great season, 8-1. and I know last year the Lumpkin Center had no fans. 2020 was just a crazy year. The Cougars were 5-7. and A lot of their games were canceled because of COVID. The Columbus State Cougars basketball team is just happy to be back and supporting fans in this community. And it's a great time to be a Cougars fan because this is the only show in town if you are a basketball fan because we have all the other professional sports teams and we don't have a professional basketball team. And it's a fun game. I enjoy watching the Columbus State Cougars. And the Lady Cougars also got a very convincing victory over Anderson University, 99-53, to and they are 6-3. and And Coach Hauser doing a great job with the Lady Cougars as they get ready to make a run in the Peach Belt Conference. They will also play their first home game on December the 20th at the Lumpkin Center against Augusta University. So we do have some high school basketball in the region tonight as I will be on the campus of Russell County High School as they will have their first region game as they will take on the Opelika Bulldogs. Opelika comes into this contest 2-5 and five on the year after losing to Central over the weekend. Russell County is 6-3 and three on the season after defeating Smith Station in overtime over the weekend. So good luck to the Russell County Warriors. I will try to get some of the other high schools on my show. I'll try to wrap that up. Don't forget that tomorrow's show is National Signing Day. Going to talk everything 
about National Signing Day. You don't want to miss it. All right, it's been announced that Super Bowl 58 will take place in Las Vegas. That will be in 2024. And Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. What better place than to have the Super Bowl in Las Vegas? I'm curious to see who they're going to have as a halftime. I'm curious to see who are they going to have as halftime performers. Maybe Wayne Newton, Celine Dion. I don't know if they're going to go that route. But I think it's going to be great because the weather is going to be nice. And that Allegiant Stadium is really a great football stadium. Of course, the Super Bowl is going to be played in Los Angeles this year. Next year, it will be in Glendale, Arizona. Starting to see a pattern that these warm weather cities host in the Super Bowl. I don't think the Super Bowl will ever be held in New York again. I would like to see the Super Bowl back in Atlanta. I thought Atlanta did a very good job in 2019, that Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams. All right, I want to talk about the Georgia Southern women's basketball team's win over the Carver Cougars because it's not every day that you see this type of score. They beat Carver, who's not even a team in NCAA Division One. 133-15. You know, when I played Little League Baseball, we one time lost to the best team in the league 35 to nothing. I mean, that's why they have the 10-run rule in several leagues. When is it time to call it the dogs? That is just unbelievable. That is the second largest margin of victory in women's college basketball. Georgia Southern's having a great year. They actually jumped out the gate 19 nothing. And used a 33-0 second quarter run to have a 60-5 lead. At that point, you got to pull your starters. You really do. That score is just so lopsided because of all the turnovers that Carver committed. 78 points off 49 Carver turnovers. I saw that come across my news feed and I thought, well, that's a story that's worth talking about on my show. Wow, 133-15. I saw that all over Twitter. That was crazy. Crazy score. All right. So just a preview of what to expect on my National Signing Day show. I'm just breaking down the top recruits. According to Rivals.com, the number one overall recruited player, and he's considered an athlete, five-star Travis Hunter, who played his high school ball at Collins Hill. They just won a state title for Georgia. He has got a verbal commitment to Florida State. Now, we will find out where he officially will sign tomorrow. The number two recruited player, according to Rivals.com, is a defensive tackle, a five-star defensive tackle from Powell, Tennessee, Walter Nolan. He has got a verbal commitment to Texas A&M, trying to play football for Jimbo Fisher and follow the footpaths of the likes of Miles Garrett. Another defensive tackle, Travis Shaw from Greensboro, North Carolina, and he's got a verbal commitment to North Carolina. The first wideout in the 2022 in the 2022 recruiting class, Jeremiah Alexander. He played for Thompson High School. They just won a state title for 7A in Alabama, their third state title. He's got championship experience and he is going to he's got a verbal commitment to the University of Alabama. Going to be a Crimson Tide. Try to follow that rich tradition of wide receivers that have gone on to the NFL. And Jeremiah Alexander looking to make an impact if he signs with Alabama. Another wide receiver, Luther Burden. A five-star wide receiver. He's got a verbal commitment to Missouri. Rightfully so. Wants to play close at home at East St. Louis High School. Then the first pro-style quarterback off the board, according to Rivals.com, Cade Klubnik. 
who's got a verbal commitment to Clemson. Good battle for the starting job with DJ Uyagalele as Clemson is losing their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. It seems like Dabo Sweeney has got a rebuilding year in front of him. But if he gets the quarterback right, Clemson can get back into the college football playoff consideration. A lot of people think they had a down year, and obviously because they lost three games. We got a quarterback, five-star from Jacksonville, Florida, Jaheim Singletary. And this is Georgia's big commitment, a five-star cornerback. Georgia, the Bulldogs, if there was a weakness on their defense, probably was corner. Jameson Williams was burned in their corners in that SEC championship game. I'm just going to talk about the first 10 re- recruits according to rivals.com we got a five-star athlete when it comes to athlete he could play corner he could play running back he could play wide receiver he's just versatile Alex Stiles, he's got a verbal commitment to Ohio State. And then the other five-star commitment to Georgia, Keithian Alexander, a defensive tackle from IMG Academy. And then finally, number 10, the first offensive lineman off the board, Kelvin Banks. He's 6'5", he's 321 pounds, and he's got a verbal commitment to Texas. And Texas is going to need him because next year, even though the game's in Austin, Texas will face Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian will face the team that he was the offensive coordinator for. I cannot wait for the National Signing Day show tomorrow where I break down the state of Alabama and the state of Georgia. I'll talk about all the local kids here in the Chattahoochee Valley. You don't want to miss it. So last night was the premiere of Off the Walls. It's the coach's show that I am hosting every other Monday, and it will air on YouTube and Beam 7 next Monday night. And I got to admit, that's the first time I've been in front of the camera in 20 years since I did the Up All Night show with Brad Page in college. And I thought it went really well. I had a little bit of nervous, was a little nervous at first, but the fact that the show wasn't live, it kind of helped. We had fun. We interviewed, I interviewed both coaches of the women's team and the men's team, interviewed some players, and it was a great time. And I'm looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to doing that coach's show and getting more players on the show. I feel like they were able to just be comfortable talking about any topic we got into soccer a little bit a lot of them do play outdoor soccer but indoor soccer is a new concept especially for the women's team because this is it is the first professional indoor soccer team for women in this country and the columbus rapids will start their season december 26th against the memphis americans well this friday night the columbus river dragons are going to travel to take on the Carolina Thunderbirds, and then they will come back to the Civic Center Saturday night and host the Carolina Thunderbirds for a game. You don't want to miss it. One thing about this podcast, it is starting to grow. In the beginning when I did this podcast, I had a lot of guests on. It seems like the guests are coming back. Last week I had Nathan Speets. Last week I had Nathan Speets and Michael Burgett on the show. That was a great show. You should check it out in the archives on Apple Podcasts. And then I have some guests line up on the 29th, on the 22nd of December. I will have Rodney Pierre-Paul. He will be a returning guest. He was a guest on earlier when I started this podcast. We are going to talk everything NBA and Atlanta Hawks. I know he was disappointed last night in that loss to the Houston Rockets. Then I have some several other guests line up. I have to confirm but I will make an announcement once we actually have the show. Basically, I'm going to have my daily show, and part of the segment will be the guest portion. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast, and don't forget 
to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel, like my Twitter page. I'm also on Instagram. Every social media platform that I have, you can check out the podcast and you can listen anytime. Don't forget, tomorrow's show going to be dedicated to National Signing Day. That is going to be a big day in the state of Georgia and in the state of Alabama. A lot of talented athletes coming out of high school that are going to make their decision on where they're going to play college football. Hope everybody has a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.